So as you can probably hear in my voice, which is just a little too loud, <laughs> I've got whatever frog is going around in throats these days. So it's a good thing I don't preach for a very long time today. So I'm just going to sip on this tea. As some of you know, I'm in a Master of Social Work program, which is coming to a close rapidly, and I'm very happy about that. And it's also between semesters right now, and being between semesters allows me to get back in touch with one of my favorite F-words. Get your minds out of the gutter. It's fiction. (laughs) One cannot live on reading research articles alone. Trust me about this. So it gives me an opportunity to go back and take a look at all the things I wanted to binge on video. And I got to say, one of my favorites. If you don't like spooky stuff, that's okay. There's a lot more going on. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Good stuff. Gives me an opportunity to read some of those short stories I've wanted to for months as well. And... In what has been an ongoing project of mine, in between semesters, I am very, very, very slowly working my way through the Harry Potter novels. I'm only on the third one. I'm only on Azkaban. I've seen the movies. I know how it ends. Here's the thing. When you know how things end, there's no reason to rush, which is kind of a good way to live your life, right? Because we know it's going to end. Why rush? So I'm very slowly making my way through these novels. I'm talking like a couple pages every time I sit down, savoring it. One of the things that I'm finding is I'm asking myself, why are these novels, why have these novels become so incredibly popular? Why are they kind of the story of our age? And I think everything that becomes a phenomenon partakes of two things. It's both really unique. I mean, the, the world that J.K. Rowling invented is so distinctive, so fine-pointed with the details, so unique in some ways, and in some ways so universal. It connects with things that we already know and are aware of. Some of you know who Joseph Campbell is, the great mythologist, wrote about the hero with a thousand faces. Well, it works the other way, too. There's a villain with a thousand faces as well, an archetype of villain, perhaps like this guy, Voldemort. I know, so don't say his name. We can say his name, though, right? Can we say his name? All right, well, you know, we'll agree to disagree on this one. Voldemort, who reminds me of a, a line from a Whiskey Town song, Ryan Adams. You ever heard of uh, Ryan Adams? That was his first band. And in that song, he says, I'm not evil, I'm just scared. And the truth is that if you know a little bit about Tom Ridley, who Voldemort once was, he was scared. And it was out of that fear that he became evil. He became harmful to himself and cruel. others. So I think about this idea of a one villain with a thousand faces and reading the Harry Potter books as I am right now. It linked up with something that I saw on TV just about a week and a half ago. If any of you remember this character. Hmm. That is Eon the Terrible. 
Now, I think you all know who this next character is. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 1964, big hit. So they made a sequel called Rudolph and the Shiny New Year in 1976. It is a little less popular than the original Rudolph was. And I got to say, being made in 1976, I cannot believe my parents allowed me to watch this every year during the formative times of my childhood. It is so freaky. It is so weird. This is the 1970s, so I can only imagine what the writers were doing in the writing room before they sat down to pen this stuff. And so go back if you would. Eon the Terrible. Like his name, he lives for an eon. And his time is coming to a close. And so if you go forward once more, Eon wants to threaten that cute little creature right there. That is happy the baby new year. Eon knows that when the new year turns over, Eon will turn to ice and snow. His time as a vulture will come to a close. And so he kidnaps Happy the Baby New Year. And as if Rudolph has not already done enough, (laughs) Santa Claus in this telling sends him out on another mission. Find Happy the Baby New Year so we can have a new year. As trippy as this show is, it does end happily. It even ends happily for Eon. I'm not going to tell you how. If you haven't seen it, watch it next year. It's cool. It's fun. It all comes down to this. Eon has to let go of what he knows in order to grow. He has to let let go of what he knows in order to grow. It's a pretty good New Year's lesson for anyone to learn at any age. It ends happily for him, but not without a lot of fussing and fighting on his part first. The way that we mark the new year, or at least we have for the last several years here at Wellsprings, is by inviting us all into a practice of releasing. You're going to see in your order of service a little post-it. I'm going to ask you to get those out, and in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to write something down on that that we will later burn together, just out there, safely, and in a contained metal bucket. If you need one, other posters are being passed around. And before you do that, before you start thinking about this, I want to ask you, this doesn't even have to be related to a New Year's resolution. It's not even the New Year yet. Again, this year's going to end. Why rush? We know it's going to end. Just be here today. What is something that you would seek to be released from that no longer serves you? Something that you might be emptied of. And I don't even know, or maybe you don't even know, how it would happen. Let the how go right now. What is something that you would hope to be emptied of? It's a very, very old word for this in Greek, kenosis. Maybe some of you grew up hearing that or grew up in churches which they talked about that. I want to be really careful with this teaching 
Because too often it is told we must empty ourselves of something that is fundamentally wrong with us because somehow we are broken. That is not the spirit in which I offer this invitation to emptying today. What is something you want to let go of rather that keeps you from the connections with yourself or with other people that you yearn for? What would you seek to release that keeps you from connection? The guiding image I would invite us into here today is not a charged full, but an empty battery. How can you make space? How can you make room? How might you hope to release that which no longer serves you? I can tell you all are really thinking on this. Good. And fire, in a fun, small way, we're going to join with together in just a little bit. So that's the message today. Those are the words I have. Live out the message right now. Write something down that you would wish to release, that no longer serves you, that keeps you from deeper connection with yourself, with other people, or with this life. Please do so. We'll do so in the silence right now. I'll just guide us into a little bit of prayer time, and you can make the prayer your words. Spirit, at this turning of the year, there is an invitation that's actually with us all year long. It's just right now maybe we are a little bit more mindful and aware of this invitation. That as we go through life, we accumulate things that perhaps were necessary once that no longer serve a purpose anymore. Or perhaps things just accrete and build up in our life contrary to our wishes, contrary to what we would hope for. Perhaps we can identify something like that today. Perhaps it is a habit. Perhaps it is behavior. Perhaps it is an attitude. Anger or not enough anger. Working too hard or not working hard enough. Conscious things and maybe things that we're only barely conscious of. May our prayer be in our willingness to release what no longer serves today. And so to set an intention for this new year to come, for there to be space, for love, for grace, for freedom, for justice, for compassion, for the qualities that we set our hearts upon that truly do charge us full with the charge of the soul.